Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 57 of the Building Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Theo Lim, coming at you on this beautiful Wednesday morning. Just sat down, coffee in hand, questions ready to go. So for today's episode, I'm going to be talking about following and prioritizing principles and not getting caught up in different methods because as the saying goes principles are few methods are many in other words there are many different paths to the same goal as long as you're following sound principles so before i get started just want to Thank you guys for checking in on the podcast, as always. Really appreciate the support. Really appreciate you guys listening and then providing feedback and follow-up questions afterwards. That's great. It's always great when I get follow-up questions because that means that you guys are interested, you're engaged, and and you want to learn more. So that's always a good sign. And this, this podcast, I'm going to be talking about the principles that I follow, the principles that I that I teach. And this podcast was inspired by some of my Instagram posts this morning, as they usually are. So what, what, I, what usually happens is I'll post up Instagram stories and then I'll realize that, oh, that's something I'm interested in talking about and I'd love to dive deeper into it and then this podcast gives me the opportunity to do so so kudos to you guys for wanting to learn more and desiring to have more knowledge and remember knowledge i learned this the other day is great knowledge isn't power people always say knowledge is power but no Knowledge isn't power. Knowledge applied is power. So hope you guys always take something away from this episode and actually apply it into your own training, into your own life, and see if it works for you, and then adjust as needed, as always. Okay, so this episode was kind of inspired by the Instagram stories, but also inspired by some of the questions that I received over the past week. So Eddie asked me, in your opinion, do you think a body part split or a push-pull leg split would be more effective to gain strength and mass? That's a great question. Um, As always, the answer is always gonna be, it depends. So Eddie, I know you're an aspiring trainer as well. The answer is always going to start with it depends based on the person's situation. So in terms of gaining strength and mass, you can use an you can use a body part split, you can use a push pull leg split. You could do full body and gain strength and mass. You could do an upper lower split and gain strength and mass. The main factor that it's going to come down to, the main factor to making gains is 
complying to your program. How can you actually follow your program, stick with it for long enough to actually see progress and make gains? That's the biggest thing. So we have to backtrack a little bit. And I always touch on this because it's really the biggest thing. You have to ask yourself or your client, how many days can you realistically train in the gym? And for how long? Because if a person can only train twice a week or three times a week, a body part split or a, or a push-pull leg split might not be the best for them. But if a person can train four to seven days a week, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have more opportunity to break to break the body apart into body part into a body part split. So if a real quick, if a person can only train two or three days, I would stick with full body. If a person can train four days, I I like the upper lower, upper lower upper lower, or even upper lower full body full body. And then if you want to train five days, that's when you can start splitting up the body parts. Um, so push-pull legs is a great split. You can do push-pull legs, push-pull legs, day off, repeat. So if you're training six days, you can do that. If you're training five days, you can also split it up into body parts. I like, I like the five-day rotation of upper, lower, and then like a chest and tries or chest and buys, back and tries, and then legs and abs, something like that. So there are a lot of options, but the main thing is, okay, how how many days can you realistically train? And I always I always have to dive deeper into this question when I ask someone this question. Because it's, it's a very different question to how many days do you want to train versus how many days can you realistically train week in, week out. I don't, so some people will answer me, yeah, I can do three days. I might be able to do four or five though. Okay, we're going to start at three days. Maybe we'll add a fourth one as we go, but I'm not setting up four days for you to only hit three of them, right? That's a waste of your time. That's a waste of my time. And then it feels bad because you've missed a training session. And as I said earlier, the, the biggest factor is the compliance. How well can you stick to your program and do it for enough, an, an adequate amount of time and actually see progress on it? That's the biggest thing. So be, be honest with yourself. Be honest. Make sure your clients are honest with you about that and take the time to dig into that because I've had many, I see it all the time. Everyone, it's so funny. Everyone always overshoots how many days they can actually train. Yeah, that's without fail. That always happens. Whenever I ask someone, they always tell me a ridiculous number. It's usually five to seven days a week that they can train. And I always have to bring it down. I always have to ask them like, look, how many days do you currently train now? Oh, you only, you don't even train right now. Okay. So we're going to train three days. So just make sure you have that conversation with yourself or with your client in terms of how, how effective it's going to be. 
to gain strength or mass, you can gain strength and mass on any program as long as you're following sound principles. If you want to gain strength and mass, you're probably going to be eating in a slight caloric surplus. You've got to be hitting adequate protein. You've got to be getting good sleep. And then you got to hit your workouts. And within your workouts, just like I was talking about last episode, if you want to learn more about progressive overload, go to episode number 56 of this podcast. And I dive deeper into progressive overload, why that should be the main focus. But really, progressive overload, somehow doing more over over a period of time in your workout whether that's more weight whether that's more sets reps more work in the same amount of time more work in less time you have to constantly be pushing the boundaries and improving maybe not every single time but over the course of weeks and months and years you have to be improving in some way shape or form and this has to be conducive to your goals All right, so that's why I started the podcast with principles are few, methods are many. So what I mean by that is, and I'll I'll explain why, because I got a nutrition question that that kind of sparked this as well. So it doesn't matter what program you're on. It doesn't matter if you're on a body part split or an upper lower split or full body. As long as you're getting better in some way, shape, or form. So let me share my principles with me that I apply for myself and for my clients. So principles, not methods, okay? I want you to take note of that. Number one, move well, move often. Nice and simple. Make sure you move well and make sure you move frequently. Make sure you move often. Number two, in your strength training, prioritize multi-joint exercises and build strength. So these are compound lifts, big compound lifts. And I want to note that it doesn't always have to be a barbell. When I say squat, it could be a goblet squat. It could be a landmine squat. It could be a front rack. It could be a front squat. It could be a barbell squat, depending on what is right for you. So you always have to find the right variation. Again, exercises are many, but principles, moving well, getting stronger, it doesn't discriminate against any specific exercises. They're all good. You just have to know when to use them, which ones are more bang for your buck, which ones provide more value, and which ones don't. And that's going to change over time, right? That's the, that's the interesting thing about training and me being in it for so long now. And then now it's an interesting perspective now because now I can see it happening with my clients. And it's interesting to take note that, oh yeah, that I had to kind of adjust at this point in time because this started happening. And then now I, I also have to adjust my clients' programs because like, oh, snap like this is happening we need to make a change so that we can continue progressing so it's it's really been interesting seeing it happen on someone else and then how i'm i have to adjust to that 
So prioritize multi-joint exercises and build strength. Those are your squat variations. Those are your deadlift variations. Those are your big pushing exercises, big pulling exercises. Okay, so multi-joint compound movements. You're working multiple areas of the body at the same time. Because let's face it, we're all busy. We all have a lot going on. Our time is limited, so let's get the best bang for your buck. All right, so after that, conditioning work. Do your conditioning. Stay well conditioned. Aerobically, anaerobically, whatever works for you. But the old saying of like cardio is going to ruin your gains, that's not true. You need a strong aerobic base in order to... It's just going to help you recover better. It's going to help you perform better because you're not going to be like out of breath. So do your conditioning work, aerobic and anaerobic work. Number four, stretch after training. Stretch out after training. I don't care if it's as little as two minutes. Give your body some love. One hip stretch, maybe one for the glutes. My main points in stretching after workouts, these are my main four areas. The chest and the lats, because that's going to determine how those shoulders, how that upper back, how that neck is going to feel. So you want to like stretch out the chest and the lats, especially if you just did, say, an upper body day. If you did a lower body day, hips and glutes, hips and glutes. That's going to determine how that low back's feeling, your knees, your hips, your ankles. So four main stretching points, the chest, the lats, the hips, and the glutes. If you are short on time, it really just takes five minutes. If you're short on time, pick two out of four of those, right? So don't skip the stretching. You like It's so funny how I always see this, like people spend an hour training and zero minutes literally zero minutes stretching out after training as always you can get away with it for a little while but after a certain amount of time your body's going to tell you to go fuck yourself that's just the reality of the situation (laughs) okay so stretch out after training And then outside of your training, we're going to dive a bit more into this in terms of nutrition, but principles for nutrition, actually, let me recap principles for training. Okay. Nice and easy. Move well, move often. Prioritize big compound exercises and get stronger. Do your conditioning work, both aerobic and anaerobic. And lastly, stretch out after training. Super simple. Those are like the four basic principles. And just to kind of elaborate on how there are many different methods you could do that. You could do all of those things if you do CrossFit. You attend CrossFit classes. You could do all of those things if you attend myodetox performance classes. You could do all those things if you lift on your own. Or you lift with a personal trainer or a coach. Whether you do weightlifting, bodybuilding, powerlifting, or just like general strength training for your sport, all of those principles apply. And then 
if you look on the internet, there are going to be a shit ton of programs out there. A shit ton of programs. And the backbone of those programs are those methods. Get stronger. Um, get stronger and get stronger. Really, it's like the main, not always, but that's generally the idea of a program. You're doing specific lifts so that you can improve on them, get better at them, and then ultimately be stronger. Okay, so in terms of nutrition, because I had someone slide in my DMs, uh, they were asking me about my cooking, um, but, and now I'm reading it right now. They're asking about my cooking, like, do I make my own food? So I linked them to my podcast. If you guys haven't listened to my minimalist guide for meal prep, that's episode number 52. I'll link all these below. But in that episode, I go into the recipes that I I make frequently. Very easy, very, very bro-y. So episode 52. And then he asked me like, oh, what's your diet like? Do you follow a specific diet like paleo or keto? Do you do any fasting? Um, I currently don't follow any specific diets. I'm just going to sip some coffee here. Man. Who else out there? I know we all drink coffee for energy. But dude, coffee tastes so good. It's hot. It's strong. Coffee. Amazing. Okay. So nutrition. Same thing. Principles are few. Methods are many. No, I currently don't follow keto or paleo. And no, I don't fast either. Um, have I tried some of these? Yes. I've tried fasting before. I've tried a like plant-based diet before. I haven't tried keto yet. I probably will at some point. I'm more interested in trying the carnivore diet. But we'll see. I'm pretty I'm in a pretty good space with the nutrition right now because I have been following these principles. So principles for eating. Eat according to your goals. Are you trying to lose fat? Are you trying to get stronger and gain mass? So eat according to your goals and manipulate your total calories in accordance to those goals. Total calories is number one at the end of the day, okay? Consume adequate protein. Me personally, I like the one gram of protein per pound of lean body weight. So for example, I'm about 180 pounds right now. My lean body mass, I'm probably 140, 150. Probably closer to 140. I'm not that lean right now. So I would, I usually aim for around 140 grams of protein per day. Eat quality whole foods. Quality whole foods. And minimize processed foods. Okay? And take note, I'm going to use the word minimize and prioritize. Not eliminate and restrict right so it's all about having a balanced diet and 
living a balanced lifestyle. Like, ideally, if, yeah, if we were in the fucking hyperbolic time chamber and I could eat steak, rice, and vegetables all day, every day, and have lots of fruits and drink lots of water every single day, all the time, that'd be great. But come on, let's face it. It's not the reality of the situation. The reality is that there's really lots of great food, especially if you live in Toronto or um, any major city. There's lots of great food around. McDonald's is in every corner. There is like, there's a lot of stuff coming at us. And that's okay. That is okay. So eat quality whole foods and minimize processed foods. Eat lots of fruits and vegetables. Stay hydrated by consuming appropriate amounts of water and sodium. Sodium is super underrated. Please don't be one of the, oh, salt is bad for you people. Unless you actually have like high blood pressure, which in that case, then you have to be careful about that. But if you don't have high blood pressure, sodium is very important in terms of performance, staying hydrated, and just fueling the body. And then lastly, satisfy your cravings when needed. This goes back to the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, be on point. Make sure you're getting, make sure you have all this down. And then 20% of the time, have some fun. Save those 20% though for when you know you have a dinner to go out to. When you know you're going out to a party. When you know you're like going to spend all weekend away from home and it might be hard to eat super healthy. So just be aware of when those 20% times are going to happen and plan accordingly. So let me, let me recap that. Nutrition. Nutrition principles. Eat according to your goals. Manipulate total calories in accordance to those goals. Consume adequate protein, eat quality whole foods, and minimize processed foods. I'm going to add one thing. Also minimize liquid calories based on your goals. Eat lots of fruits and vegetables. Stay hydrated by consuming appropriate amounts of water and sodium. And then satisfy your cravings when needed. So this is that's what I mean. Principles are few. Methods are many. Does keto work? Yeah. Lots of people have done keto and seen lots of progress on it. I'm sure an equal amount have also done keto and not seen progress on it. Uh, does paleo work? Yeah, probably. Same thing. Uh, does fasting work? Yeah. Does eating plant-based work? Yes. Does the carnivore diet work? Yes. Um... Anything works. What's the saying? Every anything works as long as you work. So the again, just like the training programs, the nutrition protocols are the same thing. It's going to come down to your ability to comply to the nutrition protocol and do it for a long enough period where you can actually see appreciable gains. And yes, it is that simple. I, I, it's so funny. I keep getting so many questions, not so many questions. I get, I get a lot of questions about this kind of stuff, right? Naturally, because 
I'm a trainer slash coach. <laughs> okay. But at the end of the day, it's like, it really is super simple. And don't get me wrong. It's not like I knew this stuff from day one. It took me a while to understand all of this as well. More so in the last couple of years than the first seven or eight years. So it's taken me a long time to understand that this is what it is. It really is that simple. Okay, so these are the principles. You're going to stick with them for a long period of time. You're going to be patient and just stick with it. It's a long game. And understand, like, don't don't just blindly follow a certain workout, pro, a training program, or a certain nutrition protocol, or a diet, like a juice cleanse. Dude, juice cleanse? Oh my God. I'm going to say this here. A juice cleanse? Yeah, if you want to spend like $200 for a two-day juice cleanse, do you know... <laughs> I, Again, I've said it before. I'm not the most scientific guy, but from what I've read, from what I've listened to, fasting is fasting can actually is and can and is very healthy for you if done appropriately so it depends on the situation right but i i believe that longer fasting periods like 24 48 72 hour fasts are very beneficial in terms of resetting the body when used appropriately when used strategically but it's funny because the only the only reason why people don't fast or people don't market fasting is because there's literally no money to be made off of fasting. Like what do you sell what are you going to sell the person? Right? So that's the only reason why juice cleanses are more popular than 48 or 72 hour fasts because at the end of the day they're both doing the same thing. Fasting is a little better because you're actually not consuming anything. But at the end of the day, you're pretty much not taking in any calories and you're letting the body reset. Anyway, side note. Okay, so there are methods. Why I wanted to mention this, that there are many methods, is because things are going to change in your life. And when I was... When I was a 20-year-old, hell-bent on deadlifting 600 pounds, hell-bent on proving myself to the people around me in the gym, and like everything being so tied up on, tied up around like how much can you lift, because your ability to lift will, that's your like value in life. And yeah, I did think like that. It took me a very long time to not think like that. I think it's very natural, but. Why I want to mention this is that things change in your life, whether you're getting older or whether your job, your work stress is like, is changing, whether you just had two kids, whether you, you know, like a lot of shit happens in life. You guys know this. Most of you guys are older than me. So you guys like, you guys know what I'm talking about. Things change and that's fine. So you're going to have to learn how to adapt. So for me, this is my personal example. I used to train 
four about four days a week and in total shit i was spending like two hours in the gym two and a half hours not not lifting the whole time just shooting the shit uh warming up taking my time with the warm-up taking my time in between sets chilling after the gym that was, that was fun no doubt i had a lot of fun but i couldn't do that at at a certain point i couldn't do that anymore um things changed in my life uh family stuff changed and then i wanted to focus more on building my business so i i realized okay look i can't train for two and a half hours four days a week anymore it's like it takes too much of my time and after the two and a half hours although i had a great time i literally didn't have the energy to train people for five hours after that because i like expended so much mental and physical energy lifting so heavy so for a while i like i kind of fell off training i was like oh fuck i well i can't do that anymore because i don't have time and energy to do it or i didn't want to put in the time and energy to do it so shit i have to figure something out that's i guess around the time i started doing daily pull-ups because i was like okay shit if i can't do two hours a day maybe let me do a little bit every day and then that's around the time i started playing around with kettlebells it's like okay i this is this is good i can actually get a lot of work in in very little amount of time so eventually i transitioned to four days lifting two and a half hours each day being completely trashed and not being able to bring the energy that I wanted to bring into the world and eventually I transitioned that into okay let me lift let me just lift more frequently because I enjoy the gym I like getting the endorphin rush that I get from the gym and it just makes me feel good and it makes me a better person so let me bring that from four days to six days but every day is not going to be two hours shit every day isn't going to be one hour I think two or three of my training days right now are about half hour, 40 minutes max. And then two of them are in that hour range. So at the end of the week, I'm still training about the same amount of hours. But now it's just more strategic based on what I have going on in life and what I have going on in my work life as well. So things are going to change. And then when it comes to nutrition, things are going to change as well. Something that you find is working well for you right now, it might not work for you anymore later down the road. So what was I doing? I was I was eating a lot of rice and broccoli and chicken breast at one point in time. And because the chicken breasts, you know, the nature of chicken breasts, it's, it's not the it's not the most appealing piece of meat, right? Hashtag life is too short for chicken breast. So I was doing that. I was hitting my macro macros very well, but it wasn't enjoyable. I didn't have a good relationship with food at the time because it didn't. It just it wasn't um, at a certain point. It wasn't what I wanted anymore. Anyway not a good relationship with food and then i had then i would binge frequently on like mcdonald's or pizza 
And I was like, and then maybe my health was in question at a certain point in time because of the food I was taking in. So I was like, okay, I need to make some changes. I didn't do anything drastic, but I made changes to what I was eating. So I move to more red meat versus just chicken breast. I introduced more fruits and vegetables, and I really, really minimized the amount of processed food I was taking in. Because it's easy sometimes to be like, oh, this fits into my macros, I'm going to eat it. Although that may be true, although it may fit into the macros in terms of overall health, in terms of micronutrients, energy levels, whole foods is always going to be better than processed foods. So why I'm mentioning those examples is that things are going to change and that's okay. As long as you're anchored to solid and sound principles, you'll be okay. So I recently had a client who... He's been doing keto for about a year, a year and a half, on and off, seen lots of progress. But he recently just mentioned like, oh, I'm going to stop doing keto right now. I think it's a bit too stressful because he's in school right now. And I think just the stress of school, assignments, exams, I guess that additional stress of the food was just like, it was doing more da- it was doing more harm than good at that point so he's like okay i'm going to stop eating keto so in my mind and i kind of mentioned to a, mentioned it to him but i'm kind of waiting it out too to see what happens but it's like okay you've done keto for a year and a half you've lost a ton of weight now i'm interested to see okay what principles did you take did you learn and take away from that particular point in time And how are you going to apply this to eating a regular diet? Regular, I'm doing air quotes around regular. So it's just, again, you have to be aware of which principles work well for you. And so when you follow, I don't think it's bad to follow a certain diet. I really don't. I think it's just important to, just like following a program. Following a training program, following a certain diet, you have to see it through. You have to follow it so that you can actually learn something from it. Like if you're constantly going off your program or if you're like two weeks in your diet and two weeks off and two weeks in, you're not committed to it and you're not like you're not going to learn from that period of time. Like the only reason I'm in this situation is because I committed to training programs over the last eight to 10 years. Not always. I've I've told you guys that. I'm not like the most gung-ho person and like the most on-point person. But I guess I've done it consistently long enough for me to actually learn stuff. But like I followed strength training programs for weeks on end, for a year, for two years, three years different programs for like 12 week blocks maybe you run it through twice that's 24 weeks half a year on the same program and through that process of logging your training understanding what just understanding what happens when you follow a certain program for a certain amount of time you see the benefits and you see the drawbacks of certain things like my favorite squat program had me squatting three times a week 
um, a, a heavy volume day, a lighter day, and then a more intense day. And that was great for my squat. That did a lot for my squat multiple times. I ran through it multiple times. But here's the drawback of that. My knees kind of took a beating, right? So you learn these things. You learn what happens when you do certain things, like what happens when you follow a plant-based diet for three months. I'm sure there are benefits of that. And I'm sure you will notice some drawbacks from that. So it's always trial and error. Pick something that you're interested in or that like you kind of gravitate towards, follow it, take notes on what goes well, what didn't go well, and then keep what's good and then discard what you didn't really like. And I think through that process, you will be able to formulate, I don't know, I just talk like that. You will be able to formulate your own conclusions on what feels good for you what doesn't feel for, feel good for you, maybe some things are useful at certain points in time, and maybe some things are not so useful. So it's a lifelong process. It really is. And I really admire the people who have been at this for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, because I'm sure they've made so many adjustments, so many, so many, taken so many steps back so that they can take more steps forward and it's just a learning experience and anyone who's been in it for long enough knows this that there are no absolutes in terms of how you can do things there are many ways you can do things so that's just i kind of ranted on that a bit longer than i wanted to but it happens so I'm going to leave it there, actually. I had I had a couple more questions, but I'm going to leave that for another podcast because I think this was a good amount of information. I really hope you guys took something away from this. See how, kind of reflect back on your tra- your own training, your own nutrition over the last six months, over the last year, over the last five years, and just kind of acknowledge like how much things might have changed. Maybe they haven't, which is fine as well. But take a look at what you've been doing over the last six months, over the last year, over the last five years. And I'm sure you've come a long way because it's inevitable. If you're if you're goal-oriented like I am, if you're in the quest for gains like I am, I'm sure you've made positive adjustments. And I'm sure you've encountered things that were like oh that kind of sucked i won't do that again so as always guys if you have any questions please feel free to ask me message me on instagram at theodore.lim you can email me at theolim7 at gmail.com if you guys have any feedback if you guys have any comments some questions hit me up And as always, if you can share this podcast with a friend or two, maybe someone asks you a question around nutrition, around training, what you can do is just share this podcast with them. You can just literally text it to them or send send it to them via Instagram DM 
whatever. Anyway, really appreciate you guys sharing. Really appreciate you guys listening and staying engaged. As always, have a great day. Have a great week. I'll catch you all next time.